Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. The following episode is part of a live event from Giving Tuesday that Paul and Rebecca were a part of. We hope you enjoy this episode. So guys, you know, we really appreciate you, uh, you know, being on with us. This is our quick break moment. And just to say, like, this is Giving Tuesday, and we really want to be able to see God move forward our vision in places like where Jolene is and also all across <laughs> North America and the world, wanting to be able to see uh, the disciple-making movements happen among the lost. So bringing uh, uh, Jolene back to be able to talk to us just a moment on those things, you know, Jolene, I want to, you know, we talked about, you know, how we've been supporting and you've been bravely going out and making disciples and starting your own disciple making communities. Hence Michael Garcia, who's become a part of our, our internship here and everything and seeing them go out there and start discovery Bible studies and, and seeing this happen and everything. So we're, we're seeing this move forward. Um, I remember a moment in which we're, I think it was the last part of August, August, beginning of September. And we are, uh, you know, we're going to be coming to do a training there in Escadido with you. And we're trying to get people to come and everything. And I remember a moment in which you called. Do you remember that day, Julian, of what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. I remember (laughs) it well. (laughs) Why don't you tell us about that moment for you and and what happened and what it meant to you? Yes. You're talking about Emmanuel faith. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. So um, I had been just, you know, praying that God would bring the people that he would want to bring to this training. And um, we've been praying for churches or local churches around the area to catch a vision for disciple making and to be open to learning about DMM and, um, because it's transformed my life, and selfishly, I don't want to be alone in this. I want, I want to see other <laughs> other people doing it. <laughs> selfish. <laughs> uh, um, and so I had reached out to um, the uh, pastor at Emmanuel Faith um, here in Escondido Community Church, and uh, just shared with him that Paul was coming to town, and he's going to be doing a training and. Um, you know, if, if you're interested, and I just shared with him how um, even one of the families from my own neighborhood who I've discipled um, into a relationship with Jesus is now attending Emmanuel Faith, and they're loving his sermons. And so what, what the, the, the little work that I'm doing here in my neighborhood is actually growing his church. So I just wanted to mention that just as an encouragement. And he, he responded back right away and connected me with uh, Scott Smith. And um, I got to talk with Scott for a while on the phone. And um, he was just really excited about this and felt like it was a, um, he said, for such a time as this moment that, um, that their church would, would learn this and, um, and uh, you know, go walk, start this journey. And so Emmanuel Faith got to join, um, some people from Emmanuel Faith got to join the training. And so I called Rebecca and I, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, I'm just so excited. This is such an answer to prayer. And she probably had no idea like what church I'm talking about, but I'm like, this is, you know, a, a, a large church in Escondido. And um, I know a lot of people that go there and this is just really exciting that, um, 
that the Lord's done this work in people's hearts and, and want, and wants to see um, more movement happen here. So. Well, Jolene, it was a great moment for me to, to hear you say, I thought it was going to do this alone and here we are. And, you know, and, 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 and even though you had other people, there's that moment where you realize, wait a minute, I'm not going to have to do this alone. And that's something that I was rejoicing with you, Jolene, because as I told you the moment, we got to remember those moments when we say that, listen, we, you were faithful, we were faithful, constantly engaging people, constantly telling the message of disciple making, and it spread. Because that's what happens. We see breakthrough like that. And now not only EFCC, we also see other churches coming along board. And now we're starting to see a hub form. So now that we've been talking about them, you know, let's bring a couple of them in here. So and uh, Ryan, come on in, guys. Woo. Good to have you all in today. Thanks for coming. Hello. Hey, how's it going? So, so guys, I want to be able to bring you on to be able to, to talk about, you know, this is about where you come into the story and everything. And uh, we're just, you've been a part of our class and are, you know, been getting some coaching and things like that. What have been some of the biggest aha moments for you as you've been going through the class? What are some of the things that you've heard, things that have been said, things that you've been wrestling with that have been just like big things for you? Well, it's kind of funny because right now my I just had an alert pop up on my phone. It, it comes up every day at 545 from my prayer calendar call. So there's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> disciple making habits. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Using your cell phone to build disciple making habits into your life. There um, you go. has helped me a lot. So I think prayers have been a big one. You know what? You, you, you. The section in the class on spiritual warfare scared me to death. (laughs) And that has changed the way that I pray. I wake up in the middle of the night praying for my family. Yes. Mm. Praying for spiritual protection for my family because as we wade into this and I see, um, but I think going back to the prayer thing, it's the intentionality of it. And now when I see my neighbors, I'm like, oh, I need to go talk with them. But not because I feel like because I want to talk with them and I want to go build relationships with them, and I like the easiness of well, boy, I want to back away from that word. I like the simplicity of of you know getting people to try to read the Bible with you. That makes it a lot, and I like the fact that sort of that all of the heavy lifting is on God. Yeah. <laughs> He's got broad enough shoulders to be able to handle it, doesn't he? He does. So I like that. I'll be quiet. Let Lundy talk. No, well, well, I, I want to hop on one thing that you said real fast to point because I think everybody in this room can be able to speak to this point. When we came to Escudito and we started, you know, being involved uh, even further to be able to just catalyze, catalyze with you guys, there was a lot of spiritual warfare that got kicked up. Uh, there's definitely a principality in the area that was not happy you know, we, and so you hearing about the spiritual warfare, it is not unfounded, right? So even in our team with CDM, in one night, we had a couple of major things happen, a major health crisis that resulted in an ER visit. Another person, again, same night, their husband got into a accident that totaled their car. Amazing that they walked away alive from that situation. Other members of the team, same night, 
horrible nightmares all in the in the across, evening across the entire family not just the individual disciple maker every member of the family had nightmares that kept them from sleeping right hmm. right and and of course we've been hearing stories from you guys about various forms of spiritual warfare from illness to relational trouble to persecution just things happening and so prayer is this is why we begin everybody with prayer practices and habits and building that in, in our lives for that so um having said that you know ryan you know uh, what are some uh, what is a big aha moment for you as you've been going through the class and you know doing coaching what has been some of the big things for you that have kind of shifted your thinking yeah i mean i think um First off, I think the way in which the two of you do teach the class and the way in which you guys also do coaching, um, you really do, I think the way that CDM not only has a very robust philosophy of ministry, but then also has a very aggressive action-oriented educational approach where it's to say, hey, go and begin to implement these things into your life right now. Um I personally really appreciated that. It kept me, kept me honest. It continues to keep me honest um, as I'm trying to, you know, I'm on that process that Jolene kind of was talking about and recognizing that this is a matter of years and not just a, a seasonal fad that's going to kind of come in and, you know, quickly uh, yield results. But I think it's a matter of you guys have a very, robust philosophy of ministry um, but you also push your students and you push those of us that receive your coaching for immediate action and application and practice mm -hmm. um, that is really helpful to not only imagine it from a big picture standpoint but also um, boots on the ground mm -hmm. and uh, so I, I just have really appreciated that I really appreciated the course in that way and I really appreciated the coaching um, because it's kind of a, a, a two-way approach to learning what DMM is all about. Well, yeah. uh, that's so great there, uh, Ryan. You know, I, and I know that just recently, speaking of boots on the ground, I know that just recently you guys went out prayer walking around in your city, and I want to be able to hear from you. What are some of the things that came from that experience that was, you know, valuable. Like what are some, some, if we said, Hey, let's make some celebrations guys. Like, what would you say from, from that? What are some things you took away? Well, okay. So I think, uh, I think Scott and, and I have been doing two separate prayer walks. Um, the, so my, my job at Emmanuel faith is young adults pastor. So I oversee college. So we've been doing prayer walkings on mobilizing prayer movement on specific college campuses, the two of them in our region are known as Palomar College and then Cal State San Marcos. And um, my goodness, just the change, not only in my own personal life. Um, I was, so yesterday I was, and we've been doing this every week for a season now where we just have been gathering for prayer, gathering to, to see a movement of God take place. And it's been so transformative for each member of the team. Um, and I mean, yesterday I was just reduced to tears, to be honest with you, as I'm going across Palomar and the experience of having my heart aligned with the Father. Um, oh, man, just such a gift to be able to receive an experience. Um, and, you know, the, the ways in which that the transformative power of these prayer walks 
and mobilizing the prayer. Um, I've seen it firsthand in my own life and I've seen it also with the team and some of the weird kind of, uh, coincidental things that happen as you engage with the lost um you begin to realize no it's actually not coincidence and <laughs> the it's confirming to hear about the prayer that jolene has been praying for mm -hmm. and her team has been praying for feel very much like we're stepping into it so um mm. those are just some takeaways yeah it's interesting that you talk about being moved ryan i have found that as i am more present, like I was talking about, Jolene, you know, with Jolene previously and attentive to what the Holy Spirit says and and present among the lost, mm. that there is this heart of incredible compassion that I have to, I am embarrassed to say I didn't have before. Mm. Um, I used to think that it was good for me to be scornful of the practices of those that were lost in the world around me, that that was a sign mm. of me being disgusted with sin. And in reality, I am learning that I can be disgusted with sin, but that there's this incredible compassion that is the father's heart for people. Now it's the desire to see them released from sin and to be free, to be all that he created them to be that overcomes me now, as opposed to this, scornful, bitter, detestable thing that I now come to know that it hate that he hates. It says in scripture that, you know, we can test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And I've just found that that's true when I sit there and I can genuinely look at people now and, and say, you know, God loves you and mean it. And that's, and that's huge. And I think I'm hearing everyone experience that at the moment. And, and, you know, uh, Paul definitely, you know, being with, as you guys are prayer walking, you're being out and among your city, which is what the whole idea of the prayer walking does is to, for us to look at the people, to look at the places in our city that are broken and to say, you know, God, your kingdom come, how can I be a part of this? And, you know, what, you know, what needs to be done? As you are going out and doing that, uh, Jolene, Scott, either one of your areas, you know, what were some of the things that was impressed upon you would, in your experience? Yeah, we went out on Sunday with a team. There was uh, 12 of us. We went out um, downtown um, uh, Escondido and we split out in groups. And um, in the group that I was in, uh, we passed by Planned Parenthood. We passed mm -hmm. by lots of homelessness, graffiti, trash. Um, we walked by a, a witchcraft store that we had no idea even was there because the title Whoa. of it is Botanica. The name hmm. of it is Botanica. I've driven past there and I've seen Botanica, but I didn't look close enough to see the windows and what was inside Botanica. And it was satanic, occult. Wicked probably stuff. Yep. Paraphernalia stuff. Yeah. Um, and so we just stood outside of that. And one of the other members that I had been prayer walking with had been involved in her past in the, in the occult. And so she just began to pray and, and speak truth over that place. Um, and so our eyes were open to that. Then we walked by, um, some, uh, lower income, um, apartments and also some motels that she, um, actually had some insight from a previous job that she had knew knowing that there's um, actual prostitution that's happening in those places um, mm -hmm. with young children. 
And so she's, so we got to pray, pass by that very um, apartment complex and pray over that. Um, we saw lots of people uh, just drinking, smoking. I mean, you know, lots of homelessness. Um, and then other people on our team, they passed by some government buildings. There was city hall. There was a Mexican American immigration center that they passed by. Um, and, uh, so we got together at the end at wow. all of us together and we just got in a circle and we passed around the mic and just shared what the, what our, um, insights were from the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. and one of the men in our group, actually my father was, was there and he really has a heart to want to get to know the city council members and to learn about the actual demographics and the brokenness in our city and how he can help. Um, and then another woman in our group wants to get a map of Escondido and actually put markers all over the map of where all these broken places are and have strategies for each of those aspects and areas. Yes, yes. Um, so it was really a powerful time to actually go out and walk in the city. It's much different than just um, theory and, you know, knowing that a Planned Parenthood is there, but actually standing in front of it and praying over mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. I mean, okay. wow, what, what areas of opportunity there? Yeah. One of the first books written about prayer walking, Steve Hawthorne, a guy that I know, uh, he's, he sat there and he said that prayer walking is, is praying on site with insight. And the insight that God gave you as you were prayer walking will become insights that you pass on to subsequent prayer walkers uh, who go through those areas. In fact, I was at a, a base, a YWAM base in Boise, Idaho, that handed me a copy of a prayer guide that they had come up with through my dad's ministry in uh, Varanasi, India, in partnership with YWAM. And it was so cool to see their insights that they had basically passed down from prayer walker to prayer walker to inform the prayers of the saints. It took them three years of prayer to break the back of Satan in Varanasi and be able to start uh, discovery Bible studies there in the area. And uh, I just, I just believe that this is the beginning of seeing the back of the principality in San Diego broken so wow. that the people of God and the, can be set free because they're all his people. And he wants more than anything for them to be able to walk in the freedom of which he created them. See, God's longing is the, is the Garden of Eden. That's what it was supposed to be. And he wants us to be there so much so that he gave his life for that. And so when we walk in a city, that's the vision that we're getting is we're going, this city should be Eden. It should be. And all these people should be walking in the garden with their creator in fellowship with him. And you guys are starting on that. And that's amazing. So, Scott, how about you? What, have it, what did you see as you were walking around? So we ended up going to the same downtown Escondido area where Jolene and her group went. Um, and what I did was I wandered over. There was about five of us. Uh, and I wandered over to City Hall and looked at the names of the mayor and the city councilmen and women and, you know, city attorney, all that stuff. And I prayed for them. I prayed for them by name. And then we have this, we have this um, center for the arts uh, that's attached. And so I wandered over there and I began to pray for, uh, I had a friend who called them the up and out. <laughs> and so I began to pray for the up and out. Um, those who would be having enough money to be able to go and, and pay. And it's expensive to go to stuff there. Um, so I pray for the, the wealthier, the, the, the ones who don't think they have needs, the ones who, who can 
you know, gas goes to 450 a gallon and they don't even blink. Uh, <laughs> that, that type of people. Mm-hmm. Then I then I just sort of walked around and and at the end I spent they time praying. Too. <laughs> what what? They need Jesus too. <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they don't do. need them. Well, and I learned that in the class, right? You don't want to overlook any particular people group just because you think they're less needy than others. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I just sort of wandered around and I began to dream and pray about a great awakening starting at our, on that, this, that property where all of our city, I, you know, everybody working there. I was just praying for Christians who work there that God would give them influence and they would, they would not be obnoxious and, you know, <laughs> they would live winsome lives and, and they would, they would be attractive. And that maybe, like I said, maybe a great awakening could start from in the lives of the people who work there, even the people who live there, you know, the homeless who spend the night in Grape Day Park. Um, and just seeing something move out of that, out of that space and into the city, because there's a lot of, a lot of important decisions and people and, stuff in there. So that was what, that was what we, that was what I did. The other guys, they walked around and we talked a little bit about when, a little bit when they were done, but um, I can tell you, Doug Smith is a prayer warrior and he was, the guy who went with them was quite encouraged. So. That's, that's awesome. Well, Doug's awesome. I'm so glad to have him as a part of our, our class too and coaching and everything. So guys, as you're walking around, you know, again, we at CDM, we believe that as we go out there as Christians and we do good works, you know, the Bible says that they will glorify, they will see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. It will get, if we do so in such a way that allows us to be able to develop relationships with people in the process that we just don't show up, throw a couple of backpacks of school supplies at people and run away that we actually develop relationships with them. That'll give us opportunities to be able to share stories and start discovery Bible studies with these people. And through that, we'll see making disciples and doing good of our, in our cities put together and see a city transformation from the inside out. And I want to talk to you guys about that. As you look, as you've been praying, as you've been taking the CDM class and coaching, as you've been walking around your city you know, what has been developing? And Jolene, you've been on this longer than, than they have. So probably for you, this has been like several years of this helping. But, you know, what is your vision uh, of, of what you want to see happen with Escudito and San Diego County? Well, my vision is maybe smaller than uh, at this point. I live in a community with about maybe 300, 250 to 300 homes. And so what I would love to see is some sort of a, of a, a small M movement in my neighborhood of, you know, there's six or there's six neighbors, three on each side of me and that we're reaching out to and praying for, but I would love to see something begin. You know, I'd love to see the gospel just ripple through my neighborhood. Mm. Um, And because I do live among a lot of the sort of the up and outs, and uh, but there, you know, like my next door neighbor last night, I could tell he was watching football, and I could tell he was drunk. <laughs> and uh, I just, I just knew it by the way he was talking. I was like, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. So 
I borrowed his I borrowed his um, uh, ladder and I put up my Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but there's something there, right? Because I'm depending upon him. I'm 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 right. going to him and asking him for favors rather than always just being the person who gives out. So there's that. Um, and then I think in my own heart too, there are huge educational disparities in our city. And I think that's a place where, where I'm going to start. And I've written about that in my homework and some of my plans going into January to get involved, to try to help, you know, do good works. <clears throat> but one of the things I was going to say was I love the strategy that we've been taught that when there's not particularly people who are interested, keep praying and keep loving and keep waiting. And I feel like I can do that. You know, I can do that. So um, we'll just see. I'm sort of more of a, let's see where it goes type of a guy a little bit more a little bit more organic and you kind of get there and go how do we get here you ever drive somewhere and you get there and you're like i don't even remember driving here that's sometimes maybe the way it might go but i'm all i'm on for the journey and i'm excited we're just going to follow jolene wherever she goes god seems to be working we'll just follow her around well there you go well jolene what 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 about your thoughts on this what do you want to see happen with with san diego escondido yeah, well, it started um, with a vision, just a local vision with my, my husband and I of seeing, seeing the 700 homes in our local community um, have an opportunity to um, discover God through his word. Um, but the Lord has been expanding our vision. I don't know how much more he's going to expand it. It might be expanding and expanding until the day I die, but... Um, <laughs> Right now, he um, has really laid it on our hearts, my husband and I both, just to see San Diego County have a thriving, disciple-making community in every church um, where people could go out and make disciples. But also, too, like I shared before, for workers to come from the harvest um, Mm -hmm. and that we would see um, not only churches equip the saints for the work of ministry in disciple-making, but also that new believers from the harvest would go and multiply and multiply and multiply, and that we would see the gospel of the kingdom spread through people who even today are not even believers. Mm. And so um, I, I want to I focus my energy both on my community as a practitioner, because that, I never want to stop being a practitioner and to being, being among the lost myself, but also to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to equip churches in how they can also equip their, their congregations to make disciples. All right, Scott, who wants to say something again? I do. I do. I do. Because Jolene says something I think very important. And that is, we learned this in the class too, that the hardest place is right where you are. And so if you're watching, I think the challenge would be to look other than where you are, the neighbors that you have, the place that you work, the people that you got to bloom where you're planted. And that's the challenge because it's always easier to look outside. So because um, I got to see my neighbors every day and I got to make sure my water, my lawn is watered and it's fertilized and it's not the worst yard on the, on the street and <laughs> these kinds of things. But I think that's just a good, that was a good challenge for me that, right, that the, the, the hardest places are the closest places sometimes. I just wanted to say that. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and uh, we were just talking about that this morning about, uh, uh, Marius was just talking about in, in, South, um, uh, South in South Africa. Thank you. I kept on wanting to say South America, but I knew it wasn't that. South Africa. <laughs> so 
but he was saying that, you know, I, I, I and, and also Thomas in Germany was saying about saying that as well, saying, you know, I keep on saying to myself, oh, this can't happen here. It's too hard or whatever. Say, but I came to realize that it was me. That was why movement has not come here. That maybe we are not, that it's why, maybe the reason why it's a place is so hard is because it's me, you know, me, and, and so what, when we look at places like uh, Escadito, um, places, other places in North America, they're no more hard than places like the Budge Prairie in India or in the back places of Africa. But yet movement happened. And yet movement came to pass, brought, God brought that. And through the, um, the, the, the uh, burden of his people towards that. So definitely want to be able to uh, do that. Ryan, I want to make sure you can be able to speak to this as well. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, um, considering my role here at this church, as well as the desire to see... Um, my own generation reached with the gospel. I think, uh, I mean, we're, we're the timeline that the class gave me was a sober, a sobering one of, of 10 years, right? It's to say that the first couple of years you, you are spending failing upwards, um, in the process. And so I'm mindful of that. Um, and so however many years the Lord has, has given me in this area, I mean, I want to really see a movement of God take place, among college students and among the college campuses here. Obviously, that requires some significant lifestyle changes for myself, but um, as well as some ministry priorities to shift. Um, and so I think the, I mean, that would be the, ama- the the most amazing thing to see is that college students would reach college students on college campuses, regardless of what church they attend, but for the sake of the kingdom. And I, I remember there was a, think Paul said this at some point uh, when, you know, rising tide uh, raises all ships, right? Raises and I all think, ships. Yep. Yep. And, and I think <laughs> that that captures the hope, um, you know, because church growth will grow the plant. But if you want to have a, if you want to change the soil, you got to change in a different way. And so uh, we're praying for that. Yeah, absolutely. Good. And, 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 you know, guys, we are wanting to see, um, at least so far as it, we're asking you, but I can tell you with us at CDM, we're wanting to see Escadito and San Diego transform from the inside out to where we're like, wow, you know, all those places, broken places that you were saying are mended, are brought together, are, are you know, experience the wholeness of people knowing God and following him and helping other people know God and follow him. And, you know, and then from there, we'll be able to see people developing more and more as disciple makers. And then they start going out even beyond, you know, uh, San Diego, take over California, take over <laughs> Take over, you know, the the neighboring other neighboring states, Nevada and all that, and then going to the nations, you know, and stuff like that. And because that's that's how the kingdom spreads. That's how this happens. And you're right, Ryan, when the raising the raising time right rises all ships. And so, you know, we, we spend so much time in disciple making where we we think about the the one people group we're trying to get to, and it's like if we can get everybody to be disciple makers we'll be able to see 
this fulfilled, we'll be able to see his kingdom come in so many different ways. And we're, I can tell you guys that we at CDM are so thankful that uh, we can walk the, this journey along with you and that we can be a part of seeing this hub happen. And so, uh, guys, if, you know, in passing, if you could say one thing to the people out there and advice to them, what would you give? Take the class, sign up for coaching. It's <laughs> 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 so much, because there's so much, it's hard to just say, you know, I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a fire hose. <laughs> you, you can't just you can't summarize it in one thing you just have to go through it you have to walk it you got to live it you got to do it mm, absolutely thanks i think just to echo that um and i think I, I i hear it a lot when jolene describes her journey and i hear it I, I looking back on my own journey i'm seeing it as well that if there's ever if there's a part of you that is hungry for more listen to that part of you and lean into the resources that cdm offers to equip that hunger for the sake of something more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Yeah. I would, I would say read the Bible and obey God and don't, um, don't put aside anything that God says in terms of what he commands us to do. So when he says, go make disciples, baptize them and teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. It means to go and make disciples and teach people to obey all that he commanded. And if we're not doing that, we're being disobedient. And so I'd say, spend some time with the father and ask him to show you how to be obedient to the great commission and the great commandments to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. What does that look like? And if you need help, I highly recommend CDM to help you out with that. <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys. And we'll go ahead and let you go back uh, and with the rest of your, your day. But thank you so much for being with us, guys. Without your help as supporters also with us in CDM, we would not be able to walk alongside people like this. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast and supporting us on Patreon. For coaching or other resources, Connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app. Join us in the journey of becoming world-changing disciple makers.